Okay. <clears throat> when we last uh, were here, we looked at the Lord's Prayer. It's in verse 9 of chapter 6. Um, chapter 5, 6, and 7 is what we call a Sermon on the Mount. And uh, it's, it's all the Lord. Uh, Jesus is speaking all through here. And in... Um, in verse 12, um, he, uh, as part of the Sermon on the Mount, he says, And forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. We stopped there, and then Pastor Bobby last week picked up at verse 16, uh, 16, 17, and 18. That's on the podcast if you want to hear what he had to say about fasting. But there are two important verses that we, we missed, and I want to go back and look at verses 14 and 15 here, and then we'll skip down to verse 19. Verse 14, for if you forgive others for their transgressions, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, then your Father will not forgive your transgressions. This is Jesus speaking, and I don't know how it could be any plainer. And yet some of us sometimes get hung up on the fact that somebody done me wrong, and I'm I'm not gonna forgive. Now let's talk about this just a little bit. When he's talking about the Father, go back to verse 14. If you forgive others for their transgressions, your heavenly Father will not forgive you. He's not talking about salvation. He's not talking about that. That's an act between you and the Lord. But he's talking about fellowship with himself. You can't have fellowship with God Almighty when you've got harbor, hate, and, and other things in your heart against somebody here. And that's what Jesus is talking about here. It's an idea of fellowship with him. In any relationship, when it's strained, it's difficult. <clears throat> Sometimes you just simply need to say, I'm sorry. I fumbled the ball. I need to ask for forgiveness and move on. And as we all know, the people who don't forgive are the ones who are hurt the most. We, if we don't forgive, we're the ones that are, that are hurting. But what Jesus said is plain as day here. Verse 14 again, For if you forgive others for their transgression, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, then your Father will not forgive your transgressions. Again, he's not talking about salvation. He's talking about fellowship with him. Um, so... Uh, we've all been in those places where we had to 
just eat some humble pie and, and say, I messed up, forgive me. And if you, if you feel like you didn't mess up, do it anyway. Do it anyway. Because after all, you need to restore your friendship, your fellowship with your fellow man, whoever it is, for whatever it's done. So it's an it's a easy concept, and sometimes we, we make it very difficult ourselves by holding on to our stubborn pride. So what Jesus said in these two short verses is applicable to us today, and it goes through every case. Uh, I know... I know what I'm going to hear now, but Bill, you don't understand. Yeah, I understand. Ask forgiveness and keep on going, okay? That's where we are. Now, Bobby, Pastor Bobby looked at 16, 17, and 18, so we're going to pick up on verse 9, 19. He says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, where neither thieves break in and steal. For there your treasure is, your heart will be also. The entire chapter 5, 6, and 7, Jesus is paralleling or he's He's using the scribes and the Pharisees and their strict interpretation of the law as a mirror of what we should do in, in his, in, in, as a Christian. And we know that the Pharisees loved materialistic stuff. They, they just did. Um, and, and they were intent on building great treasures on earth. But Jesus put a little bit different twist on this particular thing. Now, if you were in Wednesday night service, just shut your ears or take a three-minute nap because I'm going to say something about what I said the other day. <clears throat> um, there's this group that have been... Um, have been following the 12 days of Christmas. And 12 days of Christmas this year is worth $38,000. When they started doing it <clears throat> 20 years ago, it was $20,000. And that's, we laugh at that, 12 maids of milking and so forth and so on. But there's been a website out uh, called Investopedia that has done some, some uh, analysis about how much money we spent at Christmas. And it was mind-boggling to me. Um, this is what they say. For 2019, industry experts expect the average American to spend per person $920. For a family of four, that's 3680 bucks. They expect the spending for holiday this year to reach over a trillion dollars. That's with a T, a trillion dollars. Dave Ramsey, 
somebody asked him, he's got this show, and they call in, and I ask him um, questions, and this girl called in from North Carolina, uh, wants to know what's a reasonable amount to spend on Christmas gifts for Santa, Santa at Christmas. <coughs> and the answer was around $800. He said if you make $50,000 a year, uh, I don't know how he came up, but it's 1.6% of that. If you make <clears throat> $200,000 a year, it's uh, $3,000. So, mere materialistic, the Pharisees weren't the only ones that had problems with money. We do today. And we, we, are, we are sometimes... We can't throw rocks at the Pharisees when we're doing the same thing. But Jesus said, don't store up treasures here. Go to James, and this is the Lord's brother talking. It's right, James is right before John, which is right before Peter, which is, no, it's after Peter. Um, no, it's before Peter, you're right. Um, James chapter 5 and he kind of mirrors what his big brother said here in chapter 5 of James he says come now you rich weep and howl for your misery which are coming upon you your riches have rotten and your garments have become moth eaten your gold and your silver have rusted and their rust will be a witness against you that will consume your flesh like fire. It is in the last days that you store up your treasure. Behold, pay your laborers who mow your field, in which they hail you, cries against you. And the outcry of those who did harvesting has reached the ears of the Lord. So, money, you know, we're going to see in just a quick minute what Jesus also said about money and, and being provided for. Verse 22, he says, The eye is the lamp of the body. So then if your eye is clear, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. Then the light that is in you is darkness. And how great is the darkness for no one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other he will be devoted to one and despise the other you cannot serve God and wealth and this is a thing that the Pharisees never learned they, they were walking but they, their eyes didn't see clearly they were distorted. They were looking at other things. Um, when we were in the Ten Commandments in Exodus, we talked about this commandment of covetousness. And, and we've kind of prettied it up today, uh, and we've, we, we kind of use it. We don't covet, we just compare. 
we compare what somebody else has got and what we would like to have and, and that kind of thing. You can lipstick, powder, and paint all you want to, but it's the same story. Don't covet. And he says you need to have your eyes clearly focused on what the truth is. And the truth is, is what Jesus said here in verse 24, you cannot serve two masters. You cannot. Uh, now, well, I'll go on and then I'll, then I'll say something else about, about that. <clears throat> verse 25, for this reason, well, for what reason? The reason that he just stated in verse 24, you cannot serve two masters. He said, I say to you, verse 25, do not be worried about your life as what you will eat and what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you put on. Is not life more than food and body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow, nor reap, nor gather in the barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth more, much more than they? And who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And why are you worried about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They do not toil, they do not spin. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all his glory clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothed the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown in the furnace, will he not much more clothe you? you of little faith. Do not worry then, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? <coughs> For the Gentiles e eagerly seek these things, and your heavenly fathers knows that you need these things. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and these things will be added to you. When was the last time you missed a meal? The I don't feel I've ever missed was when we fasted. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. I don't, <clears throat> yeah, I wasn't even thinking about that. <laughs> uh, we all got all we can eat, we got more clothes than we can wear. Uh, there was a point in my dad's life and I'm, I'm there now he said to us kids he said look he said I've got shirts in my closet that are still in the box don't get me anything we're kind of like that now I'm, I'm a man and I, don't, I think you men can identify with this if I want something, I go get it. That's it, you know. I don't need anything. I don't. But Jesus is making a comparison with nature here. He said God provides. 
He provided for the lilies. He provided for the birds. And he says, they're going to be okay, and you will too. And the key to it all is in verse 33. But seek ye first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Excuse me. Go to Psalms 37. Keep your finger there. We're coming back, but Psalms 37. This is a very familiar scripture to most of us. Psalms 37, 4, 5, and 6. After I got right with the Lord was one of the one of the scriptures I hung on to. Verse 4 of Psalms 37. Delight yourself in the Lord. He will give you the desires of your heart. Here again, it's kind of like we find, you know, being, being His will, doing His righteousness, He'll take care of you. Delight yourself in the Lord. He'll keep your desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in Him and He will do it. He will bring forth your righteousness, righteousness as light and the judgment is noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Oh, me. Verse 16. Better is little of the righteous than abundance with the wicked. Now, what I really want you to look at is verses 23 through 26. The steps of a man are established by the Lord, and he delights in his way. When he falls, he will not be hurled headlong because the Lord is the one who is holding his hand. We need to read that again, you know. When he, fall, when he falls, he will not be hurried headlong because the Lord is the one who's holding his hand. I have been young, and now I am old. Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken or his descendants begging bread. All day long he is gracious and leads, and his descendants are a blessing. When you're in the midst of the storm, you can't see what's going on. But after you walk through whatever you're going through, and you look back, more times than not, not only do you see the Lord's blessing, you came out victorious more times than not, and you see where he held your hand and provided for everything. I've told you part of my testimony that <clears throat> some 30 plus years ago, down home, I was in business and I was in trouble financially. 
I had made some mistakes, and I'm going to talk about that in a minute, financially. I was in a family business. You, you that have been in family businesses can say amen. <laughs> anyway, I owed some money, a lot of money. And I needed a job. And I answered an ad in the Baton Rouge paper for an engineering job in Greenville, South Carolina. I didn't know a soul in Greenville, but I went there and God's been good to us since then. I never thought I re would retire. I never thought I'd have anything in retirement, but the Lord allowed me to pay everything off. I was a candidate for bankruptcy, but I could not do it because I had convictions against it. And looking back through those times, and I don't want to ever forget those times, you know, what we had. The Lord was strong, and he did more than I asked him to do. When I came to myself, I was looking at a set of plans. I, I was in retailing, and I also was doing some construction work, and I was looking at a set of plans and I had uh, brought some invoices home and looked at them and I was overwhelmed with what I owed. And I went in our bedroom and knelt, knelt down and I said, Lord, you didn't get me in this mess, but if I ever want to get out, you're going to have to do it. And after I prayed that prayer, things started falling in place, falling in place. It was my fault and yet the Lord took me by the hand and led me and has not disappointed me one bit. Now, the Lord's going to take care of us. But go to 2 Thessalonians 3. There's another part of this story. 2 Thessalonians 3. Your Bible, like mine, is on page 10,011. 2 Thessalonians 3. Now we command you, brethren. You there? I'll, I'll give you a few more minutes. Everybody there? 2 Thessalonians 3. Verse 6. Now we command you, brethren, in the name of the Lord Jesus, that you keep away from every brother who leads an unruly life, not according to the traditions when you receive from us. For yourself know how you ought to follow our example, because we did not act in an undisciplined manner among you. Or did we eat anyone's bread without paying for it? But with labor and hardship, we kept working <clears throat> night and day so that we would not be a burden to any of you. Not because we do not have the right to this, but in order to offer ourselves as a model for you so that you would follow our example. For even when we were with you, we used to give you this order. If anyone is not willing to work, 
then he's not to eat. That's pretty simple. If you're not willing to work, you don't eat. Verse 11, for we hear that some among you are leading an undisciplined life, doing no work at all, but acting like busybodies. Now such person we command and exhort in the name of Jesus Christ to work in quiet fashion and eat their own bread. But as for you, brethren, do not grow weary of doing good. Elsewhere in Scripture, we're exorbitant that somebody that doesn't take care of his own household is worse than a what? An infidel. So the Lord's going to take care of us. Let's go back to chapter 6. Um, the Lord's going to take care of us based on chapter 6, verse 33. But seek his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you <coughs> excuse me so you need to remember that <clears throat> there is a there's a promise but we have something we need to do as Paul said later if you want to eat you're going to have to work so the idea of free lunches which we hear a lot about today Everything's going to be free. Um, it never has, and it never will be. Somebody is paying for what we do. So, verse 34. Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will take care of itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Can I get an amen? <laughs> So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will take care of itself, for each day has a trouble of its own. Turn with me right quick to Matthew 20. We're going to get there later on, but um, we'll just say a little bit about this. I've used this. <coughs> When I was hiring people and when when we had a little conflict, I don't know if you people that are not in construction or have never been in construction quite understand that a job site rumor, I'll believe more than I believe the truth because more times than not it is the truth. It's, a, it's amazing to me what happens on a job site that I have no idea about that some of the guys working for me come and tell you, Mr. Bill, such and such and such and such, and I hadn't heard anything about it, and a few hours later, it's, it's true. And also, they talk about everything, and pay is one of the things they talk about. If somebody makes a quarter, an hour more than somebody else, you ought to hear the yang yang going on, you know. Ray, you been there? Yes, sir. Okay. <laughs> so this this story that Jesus is talking about in Matthew twenty.
comes to light to me again when we're talking about if you don't work you don't eat and about stir, stirring up excuse me securing in heaven moth and rust will corrupt and steal your money but the story is here that a guy a owner had a vineyard and early in the morning he went out to get some help and he said I'll pay you a denarii which was a day's wage at that point in time so they left and went to the field he did that first thing in the morning which was probably at daylight whenever daylight was and then he did it again at the at the third hour which is about nine o'clock he did it again at the sixth hour which is noon he did it again at 3 p.m uh, which is um, the ninth hour and then he did it again at the eleventh hour which is about five or six so these people were hired at these intervals he told the first person he said i'll pay you denarii and in verse 4, he says, those that he hired at 9 o'clock, he says, I'll do whatever is right. So verse 8 says that when evening came, he was paying them off. And he started paying off with the ones that had been there since daylight or whenever they started. He gave them a denarii. He went all through. And then he got down to the people that he had just hired at the 11th hour and gave them a denarii. And then they says, look, you hadn't treated me fairly. And I love what Jesus said in verse 13. But he answered and said to them, friend, am I doing you no wrong? Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what is yours and go, but I wish to give the last man the same as you. Is it not lawful for me to do with what I wish with my own? Or is your eye envious because I am generous? So, if you agree, agree to work for somebody for whatever it is, You could make that analogy, but I think here there he was talking about pay. I think you could probably make that same analogy, yeah. So, you know, take, take what you've agreed to do and work for it. And Christians should be the best employers and they should be the best employees of anybody everywhere because of this principle and that, that the Lord is going to take care of us, as he said in Matthew 6. Well, that brings us to chapter 7. And I'm going to hit one verse here, and then I'm going to let Art pick it up next week. But <clears throat> in chapter 7, you've heard me say this before. John 3.16 is probably one of the, the better or one of the most known verses in Scripture. 
But every lost person, every lost person knows what John chapter 7, uh, excuse me, Matthew chapter 7 verse 1 is. Do not judge that you will not be judged. It's a favorite of people who don't know the Lord. Don't judge me. Have you ever heard that? Don't judge me. Well, I'll let Art clean up my mess there for the <laughs> next week. Well, that's all I've got today. Um, any, any questions? Larry, that was a good question, and I, I'm, I'm sure it applies to salvation, but I think in this particular scripture he was talking about it.